Welcome back to the program. There's an old saying about popular culture that if it's popular, it can't be good. This philosophy has at various times permeated music, film, literature, and especially the world of art. Sometimes it's no doubt true, but there are also profound exceptions. In the world of art, maybe the greatest exception is the work of our guest today, Peter Max. Few artists can be considered more American than Max. His work, often referred to as pop or psychedelic art, has come to be respected for its optimism, its boldness of color, and celebration of the icons of success in an all-American life, a story that parallels Peter Max's own success story. Peter Max, now at the age of 76, is out with his own multimedia biography entitled The Universe of Peter Max. It is my pleasure to welcome Peter Max to the program today. Peter, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, really. A delight to have you here. Talk a little bit about this whole arena of popularity, certainly something that you've been dealing with since the mid to late 60s. Your work has become increasingly popular. Have you worried over the years about this link between being too popular and really being true to the art? Well, I'm always true to the art, and the popularity is only something that has happened to the American culture. In other words, when Picasso was alive and some of these guys of that that day, there was no radio stations, barely <laughs> maybe one in Paris and maybe two, three in the United States. Today, there's thousands of radio stations, thousands of TV stations, thousands of magazines and newspapers. So in a way, I couldn't even escape it if I wanted to, and it's it's fantastic, you know. I was so lucky in the last 10 years alone, I was just given that information about last week that, you know, because I'm an artist, I'm colorful, I'm popular and everything, you know, magazines have called me up over the years to ask me to do magazine covers with a story. So I found out just uh, today's Monday, so it's like last Wednesday, I found out that in the last 10 years, I've done 1,123 magazine covers. Can you imagine that? This could have never been possible 15, 20 years ago. Talk a little bit about the impact of that and staying fresh and original and vibrant. And what has gone into that in the course of, of your the history of your work? Well, you know, when I paint and I come to the studio, I'm really revved up that, I, that any minute I'm going to start painting. So I come into my large painting room and I've got a big palette with 76 jars of colors, 77. And... Um, it's unbelievable. I, I just like put on my little apron that's just from my knees up to my waist. I tie it up in the back. And I have a full-time DJ. His name is Joe, and he just loves playing music for me, and he knows I love music, and he puts on all these different CDs, sometimes specific morning shows we have. And I'm all revved up, and I pick up a brush that I happen to love that second, whatever, it could have been a, fit, a big brush, a medium-sized brush. I, do, I dip it into the color that happens to look good to me at that very second. I put it on the canvas somewhere, wherever I feel like doing it, never knowing what I'm going to paint. And I could be putting six, eight different colors on the canvas, brushing them together, making nice little images or shades of colors. Still, I don't know what I'm going to paint. And then when a painting wants to happen, you know, like the image, whatever it is, suddenly it happens and I'm right into it. So I respond to these feelings. Luckily, I know how to draw really well, paint very well, use the, me me the medium. And so I just go into it. It's just like, let's say, if you were going out and for a walk, you don't know where you're going to walk. You're walking for two blocks this way, that way, and suddenly you're in Central Park or someplace like that. You know? 
How has it been different between doing that kind of spontaneous artistic representation versus projects you've done where there's been a very specific object, an athlete, an entertainer, an event? Well, if there's a specific event, let's say I'm painting Paul McCartney. I know I'm painting Paul McCartney. Whether whether I'm doing a a series on uh, Lennon or I'm doing a series on Bon Jovi, I'm doing a series on Barbara Walters, maybe one day soon on you, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so I just go and do that. But if I'm just painting for the sake of painting, it's just like a lot of musician friends have told me, you know, they pick up the flute or they pick up uh, the guitar and they strum a few notes, and then it leads to something. So I love it to be that way. It's, It's pure, pure, pure creativity. Talk a little bit about some of the inspiration for that creativity, because it really comes out of your own personal experience and, and having grown up in some really interesting and exotic places, including Shanghai. Talk about those influences on you. Well, I have so many influences. One big influence in my life is my little Mary, my wife. She's the sweetest little, beautiful, gorgeous little girl. And uh, just, you know, she fills me up with joy. So that's there. Then there is the most beautiful colors in the world, right? 77 colors on my palette. 77 different jars. You know, this, these are seven rows with 11 colors on each. Each one is a jar, 11 jars next to another 11 jars, seven times. And I have a very big, heavy top. When I take the top off, they're all exposed and the jars are already open. Joe puts on some music. I love it. I, I take my brush, whatever brush size I like at that instant, dip it into a color, put it somewhere in a canvas, move it around a little bit, add another color, do something with the two together, add another color, and I let it develop. And suddenly it realized I want to do a profile lady with flowers in her hair, or I would like to do a a man standing next to another man, or I want to do two figures, whatever they are, and they're like, uh, they're wearing robes. You know, it, it doesn't matter. They just come to me. They just come, come, come to me as I'm painting and I just answer the wish. How has the work, your work, changed over the past 40, 50 years? Talk a little about that. Well, it changes. You know, everything evolves. You know, I remember uh, a few months ago, I, I hung around in Central Park with my buddy Paul McCartney. We talked about uh, the evolution of music, the evolution of art, it, it, to a person, you know, to the person who makes it. And it just happens. It just wants to be a certain way, and you, I follow it. So it's not that I have, like, big thoughts in the morning and then I get to the studio and I'm going to do this today. No, I'm just excited to get to the studio. I'm excited to be in the environment where I can paint. It just evolves by itself. How does it impact on how you see the world? As you get up in the morning, go to the studio and look around you, how does that shape the work, the art that you do? Well, I'll tell you, I have a tremendous interest on what you just spoke about, the shape of the world, not of course, the round world, but people and, you know, mm-hmm. society and, uh, you know, life itself, you know, on, on this beautiful planet where we have probably close to maybe a million species, if not more than that, you know, from the minutest, smallest little thing up to us and right up to elephants. We've got species galore, and every species has millions and billions of its own, you know, uh, Livestock, you know, I don't know if it's called livestock, you know, lives mm-hmm. that belong to the species. And it's just remarkable of what the Creator, whoever and however it happened, has done. The perfection in human beings, how, 
how like billions of people are on the planet at all times. It's always growing, and we all have faces and brains and eyes and and we love melodies and we have thoughts and it's just it's remarkable what life is. It's like I, I can't even comprehend how fantastic it is. It's beyond, beyond, beyond. You had an early interest in astronomy, which in fact shaped some of your work. Talk a little about that. Astronomy fascinated me because, you know, I grew up in Shanghai, China. You know, I, I came to the United States when I was 16, but my first 10 years of my life, I lived in Shanghai. And uh, we lived in a beautiful little pagoda house of a little villa, and I was the only child in the family. And I used to go down with my little nanny, by the way. When I was four, she was nine. <laughs> my mother hired this young little girl to, you know, to take care of me and take me to the parks and so forth. And there was always an elderly man sitting on a bench. And he would say to me, you see up there? He says, you know this? I said, yeah, that's the moon. He says, and you see the little star next to it? He said, yeah, that's uh, Mars or, you know, whatever. And he used to love talking about planets. And it fascinated to me so much that when I used to go to the park and stuff playing ball and running around and skipping a rope, whatever, all I want to do is see that man and hear more of his fascinating stories about the planet. And from that day on, for the rest of my life, I have this unbelievable, I can't even accentuate it enough, interest in the universe. It is such an amazing thing that, you know, God, whatever we think it is that did that, you know, how we have all these species, not only living species, but we got plant species also living you know, billions of different kinds of species of plants and and things that fly and things that walk around and they breathe. And, I mean, it's just remarkable. On this little planet Earth, you know, one of a trillion, trillion planets, you know, in our galaxy. It's remarkable how, you know, we, we're living in it. <clears throat> we get to experience it. And look at us, you know, me and you were talking. We're quite a few miles apart, right? Right. And uh, we're talking about stuff that fascinates probably all of us listening and uh, you and me, you know. And what role do you see for art in, in bridging all of those divergent parts and divergent ideas in the world? Well, art is one thing. You know, an artist has a, a, a love for color, a love for shape, a love for line work, a love for like everything that's visually doable, you know, with, with hands and so forth. Also, stuff that we look at. Look, there are a lot of amazing artists who don't paint anymore, but they make films. So you've got great filmmakers who make unbelievable films that, that you know, entertain billions of people every day around the world, filmmakers. Then we've got amazing people, musicians of all kinds, like my buddy Paul McCartney and so forth. We know all these wonderful things. They put notes together for beautiful songs and things. And once they did that, you know, the whole world loved it. It's just like they did something between them, and the whole world was listening to it, loving it, buying it, and singing to it and dancing to it. It's amazing. How would you describe your own art? I mean, there are the words that still get bandied about, psychedelic, pop art, etc. How would you describe your well, work? Well, people call it psychedelic. Maybe it came out of the psychedelic age of the mid-60s. But my stuff is colorful. It's kind of impressionism of some sort. And it's um, I've got Cubist stuff in it, uh, different compositions, you know, beautiful colors and color blends. I love color blends and my, all my different characters I paint. So it's just like it's completely different to me every single day when I paint, 
I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just doing. And as I finish doing, I go, wow, I love this one. I love that one. I love this one. And that's what my life's about every single day. If you were in the studio with me one day and watched me paint, you know, I, I'd say to myself, you know, just like you don't know, what it, what's he going to paint? And I, you'd ask me, he says, I, I don't know. I pick up some colors. I put them on the canvas. I answer it with some other colors. And before you know it, there's a figure in it. There's a few figures. There's a landscape. There's a sunset. There's a sunrise. There's just gorgeous abstraction. And I'm enjoying it, especially with music playing all the time. What do you think has been the secret of your work enduring through so many different eras? You know, you talk about the bright colors, the the excitement of it. Certainly during the period that you've been doing your work, we've gone through periods in this country and in the world at large that have not been as bright. They've been darker, more cynical times. But yet your work has endured. Talk a little bit about that. Well, what happens is I just enjoy the private moment between me and myself, you know. And if there's friends around, I enjoy having them there too. The music's playing. I am skillful in colors and brushwork and all that stuff. I'm familiar with it. And I just play around and the music entertains me. And I enjoy as more and more color occurs on the canvas. And it's just like, and I happen to be a pretty good draftsman so I can draw very well. I can do figures. I can do landscapes. I have a very good skill for color combinations, what colors look nice with each other, and blending them and doing beautiful things. And I just enjoy all this. And so, you know, I do get something out of it. Every 15 minutes there's something I get out of it. Sometimes every minute, sometimes it's every second while I'm painting. I'm loving it. And how do you think that translates to people that appreciate your art, people that buy your art? What did they get out of it that you put into it? Well, I think what happens, you know how when sometimes you listen to music and you just love it, or you hear something, you want to get it, and you suddenly own the album and you play it at home, you love it. People enjoy what I put on the canvas. They enjoy the colors, the figures, the themes sometimes, and uh, they just enjoy collecting it. And then, of course, they know it's Peter Max, so they love that too. And I've met people who've told me, Peter, I've got 62 of your paintings. I've got 15. I've got 18. I hear this every day when I'm in galleries. So I'm, I'm very, very pleased, and you can imagine I'm proud. I really am, and I'm very, very grateful to the people who enjoy my work, and they're grateful that I make it. So it's a very, very nice thing. You know, when I go to a gallery, and uh, we're selling a lot of art, and many, many clients are there who are collectors. Sometimes I recognize a face or two. And I just love talking to them, and they talk Peter Max to me like it's a, it's a, it's a subject, you know? <laughs> And uh, I'm being humble about it, and I answer them and so forth. But they, they, you know, Peter, I've got 14 pieces at home, and I've been collecting you for, you know, six years. Uh, some guy once collected me for 32 years. I can't believe it. Am I that old? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about this volume that you've put together, The Universe of Peter Max. Well, The Universe of Peter Max is a very, very fantastic book. It has a, It's an orange and purple cover. It says, going up on the left side, it goes up the universe of, and on top is the word Peter Max, and right in the middle of the whole thing is a portrait of me, not by brush, but it's a photograph, a high-contrast photograph in purple and orange. And uh, it's come out by HarperCollins, which is a fantastic publisher. It's in every bookstore. You know, the book's been out five or seven days, six days now. They already sold 12,000 copies. I can't even imagine that. 
They say, you know, they only printed 200,000. They said they're going to go back to press next week and print another 400,000. It's going to be a multi, multi-million dollar seller. Not million dollar, million volume seller, mm-hmm. millions of books. And talk about what you've decided to include in it. Well, I have all kinds of stuff in it. And uh, I've got pictures. I've painted portraits of the Mona Lisa in it. And there are pictures I've done for the Rainforest Foundations. And uh, I've done things for uh, Monte Carlo, which was with Grace Kelly. I've done big murals. I've got a portrait in there of, uh, of Andy Warhol. Um, I've got portraits of a show I had in Russia. You know, there's a picture of me with Gorbachev. And I've painted once, and it's in there, 40 Gorbys, F-O-R-T-Y, 40 Gorbys for Gorbachev. And you know why I did 40 Gorbys? Because it rhymed with his name. <laughs> I love these kind of things. <laughs> I painted the Statue of Liberty, and I don't know if you know that, but thank God I, I was involved in the renovation of Statue of Liberty. I painted the Liberties at the, on the Reagan, on the Reagan uh, White House lawn. Talk a little bit about the large projects that you've been involved in, airplanes, cruise ships, as you say, statue. Well, Talk about yeah. those. Well, about 10 years ago, I met uh, the chairman of Continental Airlines. His name is Gordon Bassoon. And he once came to my studio. He was giving a talk because I have a gorgeous-looking studio. And he gave a talk, and he saw a little airplane hanging from the ceiling that I painted in full color. I painted that a year before, maybe six months before, for Bon Jovi. They wanted all to arrive. The whole band was going to arrive in Moscow on a Peter Max plane. So I made a small model. They later returned it to me, and, of course, they painted the little plane, and we all arrived in Moscow on the Peter Max plane. So it hung from the ceiling. You know, we had a little hook there, and that's where it was. And one day Gordon Bethune comes up, and he says, Peter, what's that? Oh, I told him the same story I just told you. Gordon, you know, I did this with, you know. Bon Jovi-ness and that. He says, Peter, I'm going to send you a plane to, tomorrow. I want you to paint it. If you if it comes out li- nice to you, we'll make a real plane out of it. So two days later, the, a, a very large box comes. It's long. It's probably like five foot long and maybe half a foot in each direction. And in there were the wings that were stuck <laughs> to the side and the big fuselage. And uh, that's the body, right? It's called the fuselage. Right. And uh, so I put it together and I painted it. And it looked gorgeous. Gordon Bassoon saw it. He says, Peter, we're going to make this as a plane. And um, I said, you mean it's going to fly? And he gave me a Texas answer. He says, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so here I go. About two months later, I'm at an airport. And uh, I walk out. And there is a plane, a Peter Max plane, hundreds of feet long. And, I mean, I couldn't. The little boy in me could not believe it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I could not believe it. And that's what it was. And that plane flew for 10 years and six months. And then they had to take it down because, you know, they they, they wanted to repaint it or something. Right. And then suddenly, three months later, a gentleman comes to my studio and he says, Peter, we are building the largest ship in the world. And uh, we would love you to paint it. You're kidding me. I said, are you really? And he shows me the ship. It's just beyond, beyond belief. And I painted it with stars and plants. I was on that ship yesterday, in fact. I went to visit it. It was in the in the harbor over here. Mm-hmm. And it's just beyond, beyond belief. It's a gigantic ship. It's probably the second largest ship in the world. And uh, it's, it's beyond belief. What do you want to do that you haven't done, Peter? Uh, everything I want to do is being done. 
And soon I'm going to make animated films because they're very simple to make now compared to, let's say, 10 years ago. So I'm planning on them right now. And you know what I'm doing? Not so much. I plan. I have all the visuals for the film and the stories, but I had to have music. So I went through thousands and thousands of songs and maybe 23 or 28 iPods filled each one with about a 1,000 songs. And, you know, on an iPod, you can rate them five stars, four stars, right? Mm -hmm. So if I rated them five and four stars, that meant they are in the film. And so I just finished rating them, and now I'm going to be talking to a lot of people, and I may call my friend Paul McCartney up and have him help me edit those pieces of music together because he's so good at that. I'm good at that too, but I'd love to have Paul, Paul's name in it, and I'd love him to be part of it. And then uh, the films are going to be out. I'm not doing one film. I'm doing seven animated films. And they're going to come out probably like a year apart or maybe less than that. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Peter Max, his new multimedia autobiography is The Universe of Peter Max. It's just out from HarperCollins. Peter, I thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, good, my friend. Next time in California, look you up. We'll it, hang out. Okay? Thank you. You take care. Peter Max. You too, my buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. We'll take a break. I'll be right back.